folks. Welcome to this edition of the Bench Bro Sports Podcast. We're glad you could join us today. We're a bunch of sports junkies made about the hottest topics going around in the world of sports. I'm Wes. Ant's here. Brandon's here. Guys, what's going on? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, guys? How we doing? Doing good, man. How about you guys? Doing laundry. Doing scheduling. Scheduling, laundry. That sounds so bad. Come on, boys. It's Sunday. It's work life, boys. What do you want from us? It's Sunday. Exactly. Got to prepare things, for the week. Exactly. Things got to get it. You got to be ahead. Two steps ahead. I do my laundry during the middle of the week when no one's doing it. But that's because right. I go to a laundromat. No laundromat here, boy. Laundry 24 7. Laundry six you... days a week here. <laughs> Six days a week? <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. You have one of those self-washer uh, th- uh, foot pedal things? Yeah, I do it all by hand. It comes out so much better. Oh, man, I can't imagine. We have it so good these days with the way technology has advanced. Do laundry all by hand in garage. Sweat ass off. Yeah, exactly. Laundry Be- by hand. Beat your shirt like your wet shirt with a baseball bat dries faster. Yeah, get it cleaned up. Yep, get all the dust out of it. <laughs> Makes the colors brighten. Uh, it does. It really It does. You should see. I put a video on YouTube. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'll start because, like, it's it's been kind of funky here in New York because, one, the Knicks have won six games in a row, and they're in prime playoff position, which is, like, Great. That's fantastic news. On the other hand, the Yankees are dead last in the AL. They are terrible. I watched the game today at work with the, with the security guard. We're watching the game, and this team really stinks, dude. They can't hit, they can't hit the ball. And Garrett Cole is the only thing saving them, if anything. It's unfortunate, but I kind of saw this coming into the season. It's so bad. And it's it's like... At what cost? The Knicks are good. Great. But then the Yankees are terrible now. I mean, granted, it's what, only 15 games. From what we saw at the spring training game, I think they might need to put the uh, the second the second team in. Those guys played a lot harder than the first guys. I mean, granted, it was just spring training, but maybe they, the starters just need to sit on the bench, let the rookies and the new guys come in and play. Dude, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. Like, this team cannot – like, Garrett Cole's the shining stud. And everything else is just, yeah. Like Lemayhew is pretty good, and he's leading the team batting average at two eighty six. That's not good at all. And the home runs, Aaron Judge only has four. I kind of saw them sucking coming into the season, and I'm not even sure why. It's so bad. I don't. I don't get it. Judge is only batting two fifty five. The rest of the lineup stinks. Giancarlo Stanton is only batting one seventy six. Of course, home run, home run or bust. That's the problem with Judge and Stanton. Mostly Stanton is they just want to hit those home runs all the time. He swings for the fences, and it's like, well, if it connects, it connects, and if it doesn't, like tough. If it doesn't, we're all left. Pretty much, he has he struck out eighteen times this year. That's a great. That's a great start. Great way to start the season. (laughs) There's got to be more than anybody in the MLB right now. So, I mean, he's he's setting the pace somewhere. Prob- it's up there. I'm sure it's up there. But um, at the same time, 
if we want to talk about like what's up there when it comes to stats, Ronald Acuna Jr. is the best player in baseball. Move over, Mike Trout. He, you're done. It's Acuna time. The guy for the Braves. He's he's absolutely outstanding. I don't know if you guys saw, but this guy literally hit a ground ball over the shortstop and beat out the throw, just like your routine ground ball. And then the next at bat, he goes and hits a 453 foot home run. This guy's insane. Speak of the devil, I just turned the uh, Braves and Cubs game on, and Acuna is up to bat right now. What channel is that on? ESPN. Uh, yeah. He's sick, dude. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's the best. He, he's 0 for 2, dude. I think you cursed him. No, I didn't <laughs> curse him. Do you think he's the best one right now? Yes. He's leading the league in home runs by, like, he has eight home runs so All far. Right, well, he's, he's 0 2, so let's see. Uh... Right, I mean, dude, I, I've good. never seen. Relax. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying, just, I've never seen. Off. I never seen a guy like run out a ground ball like that before. Get his forty time. He might play yeah, in the NFL part time. Dude, they like need that's to crazy. Take, they need to take sprinting more serious for these MLB players because it matters. You know, if you can get somebody on first base, and then you know somebody hits a home run, it's now two runs instead of just one run. Just because he was fast enough to get to the base. It's, it's so simple, you know. When you think about it, you really do need more speed guys in baseball to play the shortstop, second base position, and the steal bases when time is needed. Yeah, there's really not that many who I can say like, "Wow, they're they're fast." Not only that, in the outfield too, because like some of those balls just die really quick and kind of need the speed to like be able to get underneath those things. I mean, or with the chase way- them. Yeah, even with the way football is going, I mean, their line the linebacking position is becoming more speed than it is power. And like in baseball, I think rather than having the power guys, you need the speed guys too. Right, we're in a yeah. non-steroid era now in baseball, so like we're seeing all the <laughs> speed, speed guys come out. <laughs> it's a speed game everywhere. Football, hockey, hockey has changed tremendously. Basketball, like you could kind of say it's a speed game, but I think it's just guys are just taller. Well, basketball. I mean, it's you're not you're not. I don't think you're really don't really need speed for it. They aren't. Jack, yeah, you don't need. They're not jacked up like some baseball players and football players. I mean, they're all relatively small, skinny guys. Yeah, I mean, some of them are buffy for I mean, being like seven foot. Yeah, I mean, look at Jokic. He's this guy's jacked. Jacked <sighs> out of his Zion. mind. Zion. No, Zion Zion's. Zion is huge. Zion could pl- probably play linebacker or defensive end. He's in the so NFL. damn big. Yeah, dude, the way he runs though, like he would break his hip immediately. Yeah, he runs kind of goofy. He runs with his ass like popping right out. This <laughs> <laughs> is straight up. That's how he does it. All right, let's do a poll on Facebook. Which which athlete has the funniest run? Yeah. I. Who else are you thinking besides Zion? I don't even know. That's why we BJ Raji. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Remember the uh the Green Bay Packer like defensive lineman they called him the Freezer. Number mm. 90. I don't. I remember the oh, name. Oh, come on. I remember the name. I don't remember how he ran. Oh, dude, he was just a little tugboat out there playing fullback. I can't remember any goofy run. Maybe Tom Brady in that mix. He does run a bit goofy. A little bit. It's the White Sox. 
Yeah. Oh, you know who it is? Kyler Murray runs funny. He runs so? like he's a badass kid. Yeah. <laughs> like he just stole a piece of candy from a gun store and he's running away from security. I guess that's not a bad thing. No, because he's pretty quick too. But like, yeah, yeah Zion just looks really weird when he runs. But um, over in the baseball realm, you guys know Yadier Molina? Of course. Catcher has 2,000 games now. He kept was a catcher for 2000 games and he's the only one in MLB history to do it with one team. Six other catchers were able to do it. Which time is time to retire, huh? I don't think it's time to retire. I, I mean like Yadier Molina, speaking from a guy who's been to St. Louis Cardinals games, they really love him and like he's a pretty solid catcher for the past 10 or 10 or so years that he's played. I don't think he's slowing down. It's like they love Albert Albert Pujols there, too. True, but not the guys playing on the Angels. I don't think they'll ever cut Yadier Molina, though. I think he signed like a ridiculously long contract. I don't know. I I didn't think. um, Never mind. I'm thinking of the wrong sport. (laughs) But it could be the right sport. Mm -mm. When When Jorge Posada on the Yankees, did he retire from the Yankees or he got traded in his last year? Think he I think he – for whatever there. reason, I think he was another one that was a lifetime, life, lifelong Yankee. And for whatever reason, I thought he got traded before he retired. Jorge Posada. I can't he, remember, though. Let me look at his stats. New York New- – yeah, he was a lifelong Yankee from 95 okay. all the way to um, 2011. So he didn't get traded. Played 40 years until he was Who's like 40 that? years old. Jorge Posada. Yankee catcher. You remember, boy. Play with yeah, Jason Giambi. Jason yeah, Giambi. Steroids. He's, one, Giambi. he's actually one of the uh, six catchers that joins Yadier Molina. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, we had another no-hitter. It was almost a perfect game, but um, boy hit the little cleat, like literally the toe box of the cleat for uh, a walk, and then he ended up striking out the next guy, and Carlos Radon gets the second no-hitter of the season, which kind of stinks. I think, like, perfect games come by, like, really rarely that someone has a perfect game, but no-hitters are now really common. Um, That's it from MLB. (laughs) I guess we're not much of a baseball podcast, but that's probably one of the only things going on right now. It's a little bit of a slow week. I honestly haven't even turned the TV on much to watch baseball. Just whatever I catch on SportsCenter or ESPN in the morning. That's literally what I'm doing. Baseball is like really hard to just sit there and dedicate like four hours of watching the whole entire game. But um, I mean, we can stick to football too and talk about uh, another thing that happened, a little signing. Davion Clowney going to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns wanted him eventually uh, last year at this time, but it didn't work out that way. He spent a year in Tennessee. Things didn't work out over there. So now he's going over to Cleveland on a one-year contract. That's worth up to 10 mil. Every time I think of Javon Clowney, it's always just like, no matter how long he's in the league or like how many injuries he's had, I always, I'm like in the thought process of, well, he had the hit in the Outback bowl. Like that's still there, right? He could still be good. (laughs) How old is that dude now? I mean, I feel like he had a couple standout seasons, and now he's just died down ever since the Texans got rid of him. 
I think he would have fit in really well with the Steelers. Yeah. But, like, it makes sense with Cleveland because Cleveland does need some edge help on, on the other side of Miles Garrett. I mean, they, had, they signed Olivier Vernon. Did they let him go? Probably. Uh, he's only 28 years old. He'll get it in gear. <laughs> this is the year he turns things around. This is the year yeah. that he's ass. Yeah, what do you think of Jadavian Clowney? Retire. <laughs> he's only Retire. 28, dude. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Leave some playing time for other people. Yeah, dude. Stop hogging up all this field <clears throat> with, exactly. what used, with what you used to be. Time's up. Let's go. Off the field you're, now. You're done, bud. Kiss her goodbye. <laughs> he's gone. Let's talk for a second, though, about the Browns. Because isn't it kind of weird how, like, they're the ones that are favored to win that AFC North now after probably, like, three years – what was it, three years ago, this team was 0-16 picking Baker Mayfield as the number one pick? I mean, it's just like we're in that kind of – like, the NFL's kind of flipped upside down in a certain degree because now the Cleveland Browns are, like, possibly title contenders. I don't know, really. I mean, we ever since Mayfield was drafted, everyone was talking about how they're contenders, they're contenders, and every year it's like, they're, all right, they're pretty good. But then something happens, like Odell Beckham got, got hurt, and then everything kind of went to went to crap after that, even though they're not, receiving. I mean, not I, not fully, but yeah, I think if they, they had play Odell, better without Odell, you know? Yeah, but I, I, still – I don't know. You take Odell out. I mean, he could have been that factor in one game where if you gave him the ball, he would have made a difference and got one on the game. I don't know. I mean, how, it's hard that they, they, I mean, they just keep adding talent, talent, talent. And yet, they, I mean, they should have been in the, in the, in the Super Bowl by now. Ant was so hyped of uh, Braxton Miller getting signed by them and he didn't even make the squad. Braxton Miller wasn't going to do anything though. You hyped He's him at- up like it. Athleticism. But I, <laughs> I know I hyped him up for a little bit, but yeah, he. Some of these players, they just don't last. I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. I, it's got to be political in some sense, but. Political. Um, <laughs> no, it really is. I mean, you can't say it's not, but. I, I can, because how can you be political in a sport like football when, like, everyone's good and trying to kill each other for. You know, to keep their job. Look at the Texans organization. They have signed like 34 different guys. But they're getting rid of some of the best players that are in the game right now. Like, why would you do that? And Watson's not going to play a snap this year. Like, J.J. Watt has done everything he's possibly, you know, can do. I would argue J.J. Watt's not the same player he was like two years ago. Like he yeah. he's been hurt at least every single like year since like his MVP I, year. I agree, but his presence, you know, their presence is still very important. Like DeAndre Hopkins too. Right, but when it becomes like a um a team working around the cap, you got to make tough choices like that. I mean, it's yeah, expensive this, this... to keep those uh veterans. A guy like D Hop, man. I mean, he's. <laughs> you could argue with me if you want, but he's the number one receiver in football. I mean, he's a difference maker. Regardless, I mean, Kyler Murray's not the best quarterback, but I think he's top have, five. I, I think he's the best. I think he's number one. That's my opinion, though. But I mean, it doesn't matter what quarterback is throwing to him. A guy like him is going to make a difference no matter what game. 
right. you're playing. But like, but like, there's games where he just kind of you don't really hear him. Like, I think Devontae Adams can certainly be in the argument of best receiver. Uh, absolutely, Devontae Adams. Um, man, I just said Tyreek Hill. Like, those two guys, I would think, are one, two right now. I wouldn't put Tyreek Hill at one or two because I can't really see Tyreek Hill being a threat. I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, agree. if he's like, uh, like you're talking about, you're talking De- DeAndre Hopkins and and Devontae Adams, big guys. They got speed. They can go over people. I mean, whatever they got to do yes. to catch a football. Um, that, Tyreek Hill's exactly. more of a speed guy. Like you just see him running streaks down the field. Or he's exactly. getting the ball within five to ten yards, and he's running around everybody. I mean, I, I don't know. Tyreek That's Hill, still five, deadly. Yeah, but I would say he's top five. But I wouldn't get. I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw to Tyreek Hill if I needed a possession guy in the red zone. Well, like he can go up. A thing about his game that's so underrated is that he can go up and catch a high ball, like a cat, like a jump ball. You know, he can really like get up there with hops. And kind of just like levitate in the air a little bit. I mean, he is the he is known for his speed, but like that's an underrated part of his game is that like Mahomes kind of just chucks it thirty yards, and it could be a, like a jump ball situation. And Tyreek Hill is like five feet in the air, just floating, kind of like Lynn Swan esque from like old school NFL films. But like, if I had the rank receivers right now, it's probably Devontae Adams one, uh, Tyreek Hill two. DeAndre Hopkins three. I'm forgetting somebody. I know I am. AJ Brown. AJ Brown's tough. I like AJ Brown. But like top five, uh, he's probably like hanging around there. Stephon Diggs is, I think, could be like in the top five. Adam Thielen. Thielen, yeah. Injuries are catching up to him though. Well, how about Je- so? How about Minnesota? That's interesting. You got Thielen and you got Jefferson now. I mean, kind of like Thielen and Diggs, but he obviously favored Thielen. But this year, it seemed to be Jefferson that he favored. Right. I mean, do you put DK Metcalf in the top five? No, absolutely not. A big body can run routes really well, but definitely not top five. Oh. I put. Sco- I put. I, I don't know. I mean, my top. I'll give you my. I would say right now, number one is DeAndre Hopkins. Number two, Devonte Adams. Yeah. I don't even know, man. I, I See, know. it's I tough. It. it is. I have to think about the rest. Like you could you could argue that um ah shoot. There's one guy I'm really thinking of. I can't uh, damn it. I mean, you got so many picks. You got Julio Jones, Mike Evans. Julio, there we go. We were forgetting about Julio. Julio Jones is, I mean, come on. Really? Michael Thomas, you still have. Um, uh, Michael Thomas too is many so overrated. Yeah, I, I think he is. I don't know why people are rating him as like the best receiver. He's literally just like a, a possession guy that can like catch a ball within 15 yards and like benefits off of Sean Payton's offensive scheme where he's like lined up in the slot and doing like um, out routes, in routes hooks like five yard routes and he's able to like find zones and get open kind of like julian edelman which speaking to the devil he retired this week so congrats to a good career for him he catches everything 
but I, I'd probably go Julio Jones. It's just so reliable over the years. Yeah, but and like then he's DeAndre Hopkins. And then right. The problem with Julio is like he's getting hurt a lot, like uh, within the seasons. Like he's getting like two or three injuries per season and sitting out like four or five games. Yeah. So much wear That's... and tear on his body. Yeah, we're seeing that with like AJ Green, who's now like starting to fizz off and die away. Well, not die away, but like he's not in his prime anymore. Which sneaky signing by Arizona, like him going over to Arizona. That's a crazy receiving core that they have over there with like D Hop, AJ Green, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, who's the uh, Notre Dame guy that they have? Oh, shoot, talking about the Mike- white guy. The Floyd guy. Is, oh, do they have Michael like Floyd? Ma- Michael Floyd? He nah. He, he I don't know if he's still with him, but he he hasn't been really much since he left the um. Was it the Patriots? Probably they have another uh, outside guy that like kind of shares targets or whatever. No, Christian Kirk. That's the guy I was thinking of. The deep guy. He's a, he's pretty much yeah, like the he's deep a, guy. He's them. a deep guy. Andy Isabella, too. That's the white guy. <laughs> he, well, he's the little slot guy. Right. Like I'm saying, that's a if Arizona doesn't get it together this year, I think they just gotta blow it up again. Because they have a legit roster right now. Like they just signed their, James Conner, too. It's their coach, man. Good old Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Guy looks younger they, than us. I think if they get rid of him, they'll be all right. I mean, they have plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. I think they'll be fine. I think it's Kingsbury who's the problem. I mean, granted, he's had a history with Murray, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he's Back the in problem, Texas man. Tech. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a track record of success. I mean, he's he's worked under elite quarterbacks, or he's had elite quarterbacks under him. I mean, but he hasn't had much much success as a head coach. Like, if they don't make the playoffs this year with even adding J.J. Watt to that defense to go with uh, Chandler Jones and then uh, linebackers, they got Jordan Hicks, Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker as the roaming free safety, who's an all-pro safety. He's an absolute stud. Maybe they just lost Patrick Peterson, but they signed Malcolm Butler. Like, that team has to make the playoffs. Has to. And Mm -hmm. I get the NFC West is a big juggernaut, but if you're Arizona Cardinals putting up these kind of signings and like pretty much assembling a super team. It has to be playoffs or someone's getting fired. Kind of like the Buccaneers this year when they brought Tom Brady in, like everyone was like, Oh, we got fire Bruce Arians. He's not the right guy with Tom after their slow start. But like they eventually made the playoffs and won the super bowl. Like I'm not saying win the super bowl for the Cardinals, but you at least have to make the dance. They definitely should. And even with Seattle on like a downward trajectory, now it's going to be hard with the Rams in the division because I think that's going to be the team to beat um, when it's all said and done. And then this you year? also have to go, th- maybe, yeah. You also have to go through Green Bay and Tampa Bay, but like I, I really do like Los Angeles. I'm, I'm really concerned about their defensive side of the ball because they did lose like their safety, Josh Johnson, who was pretty freaking good he was like a field general out there and then they also lost their defensive coordinator so I'll, i think they will get it together like mid-season form it's a very veteran defense we'll see we'll see. yeah can't wait for football season though we got the draft in like 10 days that's going to be awesome 
Trevor Lawrence is already donating to charities out in Jacksonville. He's already committed. Yeah, you see that? He's already tipping off, uh, like, breaking news. 20K. Talk about Ant was the guy that said Trevor Lawrence is not a leader, too. Remember that. I'm pushing. Ant, you really think none of these quarterbacks are going to be successful in the league? Like, these uh, prospects? <sighs> They're so young. They're so young. Right, but so is They're every single like prospect that comes into the league. Like I said, there's a certain sense of energy and just type of attitude and, you know, mindset that you have to carry to be successful in the NFL. And I don't know if I see it with with any of them. I don't know if Justin Fields is like start with him. I don't know if he's kind of vocal enough and, you know, self-disciplined enough to carry a team. The kid, Zach Wilson, came from BYU, got a great arm, but I don't really know much about him besides that he's got a great arm. He's a great quarterback. And then Trevor Lawrence, I feel like he could be too hot and cold at times. So I don't know. It, if Trevor Lawrence, yeah, you're very hard on Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence could go to Jacksonville under Urban Meyer, I think I think that'd be a good fit. I honestly think that Trevor Lawrence would be a better fit for Urban Meyer than Justin Fields, um, because I think that possibly, although I don't like Justin Fields or uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think that Trevor Lawrence could have more success in the NFL as a quarterback under Urban Meyer. If he went to Jacksonville. Yeah. Over under six wins for Jacksonville this year. If it is Trevor Lawrence. Well, it's pretty much guaranteed. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, who's their quarterback right now? Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, he tweeted out he's donating to Jacksonville and moving there. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, if Jacksonville pulled a quick one, just do- drafted Justin Fields? Just be like, oh, psych. We didn't want Trevor. They should. <laughs> Seventeen game season now. We gotta remember that. That's gotta get. We gotta get used to saying seventeen game season. Oh man, that's tough because Urban Meyer. This is Urban Meyer knows football, no doubt. He is huge into leadership and management. He knows the game better than many coaches in this game. Many coaches are kind of X and O kind of coaches. He has a game plan for like you know if there's. A minute and 30 seconds left in the fourth, we do this. If there's a minute and 27 seconds, we do this. If there's a minute and five seconds, we do this. So he's got a, a master plan that could probably be successful anywhere. But will he mold well with this team? It's his first year in the league. Um, you know, he hasn't coached in a while. I'll tell you from experience, from stepping down, from coaching for a little bit and getting back into it, you're rusty. You're very rusty. And I'll be honest, like when I, when I was at Oregon and came back and wasn't doing any coaching, when I started back up, I was kind of like, you know, I had no system planted. I haven't seen athletes in a while and it was, it was hard to get back into it. So I'm sure he's going to be winning, uh, feeling a little bit of that too. Um, and then, now you're having a new quarterback come in the mix. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Is he going to have the energy to do that? You know, 
I would say six wins, honestly. Maybe seven On the wins. dot. <laughs> but you yeah. got to remember, too, Urban was – you said good things about Urban, but that was all in college. Now he's in the pros, which it's is a, a different, different game. game. Yeah, He's got a lot of work to do, and he's getting older. I mean, it's hard. What do you think, Brandon, over under six games? For the Jags? Yeah. I say under. Under six? Under six. I say, like, right at six. Give me the hook, six and a half, just in case they do win that seventh game. Or or even tie. I'd give him five. I would say six, honestly, because I just don't see... I mean, you're filling big roles here, coaching roles and quarterback role. Yeah. It's pretty much a whole new team. He He's the one that runs, like... Um, like a RPO style kind of offense, right? That would be good for Trevor Lawrence, to be honest. First uh, time in the league, running pretty much what he ran in like Clemson. Like he does, but yeah, times times change. True, I think it would still be the same offense. I'm I'm wishing well on well, them. I think Jacksonville will be good in like two or three years if they build that team correctly. Their defense is still awful too. All right, let's go over to the NBA. Um, unfortunate news: we were hyping one of the uh, one of these teams to be uh, contenders in the West. They unfortunately lost one of their best players in Jamal Murray, who is out for the AC, uh, with the torn ACL. Be done with the season. Uh, that's the Denver Nuggets. Does this hurt them now? We are seeing them as like possibly a first round exit type of team. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right. <laughs> Without him, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they'll, they'll make it past the first round. Yeah, Joker's still good though, like that to where he could possibly carry them over like a few wins in the regular season. But it's like, can can he win the playoffs now without Jamal Murray? It's gonna be tough though. I mean, we saw the Nuggets; they 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 went seven games last year, right? With the uh, the Clippers, and then just smoked them. And then the Jazz too. They won seven games with in both series. Yeah, so they're they're still a tough. I mean, granted they had Murray and he he went off on both on a few games, but they're still a tough team. Um, right. I think whatever team they play in the first round, they're definitely going to give them a run for their money, six seven games. But I can't see them making it to the second round. Maybe since they acquired Aaron Gordon from uh, Orlando, maybe he has a big time role now with that offense. But it's not the same with Jamal Murray. It's not. Two totally different players. Totally different, which which kind of stinks. I think Denver's hovering around that four seed right now in the West. So they're they're gonna get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm always forgetting about that uh that the NBA is implementing that uh that playoff tournament, like the play in tournament. You remember that from last year? So like what they're doing is like they're having for this year, they're having the seventh and eighth seed play each other. The winner of that is the seventh seed, and then the loser of that goes and plays the winner of the ninth and tenth seed, and it's essentially a playing game for the eighth seed, which is confusing. But right now, Denver's uh, the fourth seed, and like if the playoffs started today, they would take the, on the Lakers in the first round. They definitely. I don't. They don't want to play the Lakers in the first round. Yeah, if especially if LeBron and AD come back, which like. They've been out for a while. Like, what's the timetable on them? Do you think? Like, they're they're just coming back in the playoffs. I think they're just milking it at this point, just to make sure they're totally healthy, 
Or honestly, they might, like you just said, they might sit him out until the playoffs. There's a, there's a strong possibility of that too. If I was a team, I would probably want them to get a little bit of NBA action at first, like maybe play him the last five games. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see what happens. But um, the Nets, on the other hand, uh, Lamarcus uh, Aldridge announced his retirement after literally signing with the team three weeks ago. He uh, played his last game with an irregular heartbeat. He's putting his health over basketball at this point. But he had a great career, you know, being uh, really good with the Portland Trailblazers and then having some good years with the San Antonio Spurs. Didn't really pan out the way he wanted it to, I guess, in his later stages. But, you know, this is such an unfortunate situation just to have an irregular heartbeat at this stage of the game when you're joining a super team nonetheless. It's yeah, I mean that kind of sucks. I mean, talk talk about a super team. Who would have thought the Nets would have been the next super team? What an unfortunate circumstance too for just signing with them, and then you just notice you have this irregular heartbeat that's gonna, you know, be a problem for you in the future if you keep playing. You know, maybe Ant can this attest to this as being like sort of like a strength and conditioning standpoint, like a regular heartbeat. Like that's something you don't want to mess with, right? Uh, definitely no. I mean, you're pretty much your heart's not working correctly. So in a sense, if you're engaging in a physical activity like basketball, that where you're sprinting up and down the court and your heart's not beating at the right pace, you know, you could just pass out and, you know, die right there in a sense. So your body has to be a well-oiled machine. That's why strength conditioning is so important to these athletes, especially for longevity because you're keeping a maintenance schedule pretty much on the body. And when you don't get your sessions in, you know, it's a serious thing. It's a serious problem. Uh, You know, it's like a ticking time bomb in a sense. That's why, you know, visits to the doctor and the trusted doctor is very important. Seeing your physical therapist is important. Seeing your strength conditioning coach is important. Seeing your athletic trainer is important. Your nutritionist, all that. Even your psychologist, I'm sure they have sports psychologists. So it's uh, it's acts as a whole. But, yeah, definitely, especially at the pro level where you're day in and day out, it's just a ticking um, time bomb pretty much until something happens. So health comes first. Yeah, that sucks. That's, that's a big-time loss. Well, maybe not a big-time loss for the Nets, but it's such a downer for LaMarcus Aldridge. What do you think about his career? Good career, right? He was a good player. But, like, not Hall of Fame worthy. He definitely had a good, solid career. Um, did he win a championship with the uh, Spurs? No, he wasn't on those Spurs teams. Last time the Spurs won was, like, when LeBron was still on the uh, Heat, right? I guess I don't even remember. That's how long ago it's been. We're not talking about Manu Ginobili or Tony Parker, are we? That's the last time they won was when Manu and Tony Parker were on the squad, like Tim Duncan era. And Aldridge, Aldridge had to play with Ginobili, I think. Not, Probably with Ginobili, Parker. but not with not with uh, Duncan. Duncan was on that last team when they won. I, I'm 100% sure he was because that's when Kawhi Leonard was uh, uh, the MVP of the finals that year. Well, I would say he definitely had a solid career. He was an all-around good player. He was a piece that any team could have used. Uh, Hall of Fame, no. I mean, he didn't win any championships. He didn't do anything outstanding. He didn't break any records. 
but he definitely had a good, solid career. I mean, he might have won a championship this year with the Nets if he stuck around, but my Sixers possibly not anyway. So right. he he would have been a big piece too. He was coming around and like adjusting in that role. Yeah, he's definitely like I said, he's a piece that any team could have used to yeah. fill that center or or power forward position. Yeah, well, speaking of the Hall of Fame, Steph Curry has just been on an absolute tear lately. He uh, surpassed Wilt Chamberlain to become the the highest scorer in Golden State Warriors history. I mean, when you pass Wilt Chamberlain in any sort of historical uh, category, that's a huge deal. And then, um, what was it? Last night, he became the only player with 20 games when he made 10, uh, 10 threes or more. The next closest is his teammate, Clay Thompson, with five. Like, he, he's just – people forget how good Steph really is. I mean, like, we didn't see him much ever since uh, Golden State kind of had the injuries in the finals, and it just kind of went downhill from there. But Steph Curry's an absolute dog, and I hope Golden State makes his playoffs and kind of shocks somebody in the first round just he's because so, of Steph Curry alone. He's so good, we forget how good he is. Like he's so underappreciated because I think everyone just has the stigma of just those Warriors teams as being the super team and just keeping up with them. And I think he does have that stain of like that seventy three and nine season and them losing to the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a big stain. Well, but. I mean, I think if they get Clay back, they're going to be a. Uh, I mean. They'll definitely be in the playoffs, I would think, if they get Clay back. Yeah. But I'm not right. even sure. Is he even coming back this season? No, nah, he's totally coming back next season. All right. Well, I mean, they got enough pieces right now to be a team to just be pesky. Maybe they add another piece, like uh, a forward or something. I mean, they, they got their big man already in uh, James Wiseman. Who's done a pretty good job, and then Wiggins is a good uh, contributor. But like, if they get more depth at forward, they could be a really good squad. Draymond mm-hmm. Green has just done nothing scoring wise. No, he's not a scorer. He's a defensive guy. Yeah, he won't score. He'll he'll th- he'll throw the ball around for assists, and he'll play defense. He's like the gritty guy on that team. But like, I could totally see a situation where if it came down to it, if they if Golden State wanted to get like a legit uh like a piece to go with clay and steph like a really good superstar i could see draymond getting like uh the boot like see you later we're done probably it's totally a good possibility that happens if they're in like a championship form and draymond's kind of holding them back a little bit offensively Mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes though anthony not not really much going on in the hockey world just a bunch of hockey games going on right yeah not really not much I mean, Marlowe, the th- historical value sense too. Um, Marlowe has tied with uh, Gordy Howe with uh, 1,767 games. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's incredible. I forgot Patrick Marlowe played for that long. I can't believe he's still in the league. Honestly, man, he's freaking unbelievable, honestly. Like, how long he's been playing for. He's not a well-known guy either. Like, only true hockey fans know who he is. Yeah, of course. Like, he's not a Yamir Yager where he's really ugly with, like, terrible teeth and, like, you know, mullet everywhere. (laughs) I feel like people know him. But, like, Patrick Marlowe, he's just been that kind of guy that's just, like, 
been in San Jose and traveled around a little bit and you know, hats off to him. Yeah. yeah. That's a big it's milestone. A, it's a lot of games. Gotta be healthy for those games. Ovechkin's kind of cracking down on the top five when it comes to career goals. He has 730 goals. I don't think he had a goal today. But uh seven I still I texted you. I said he's the greatest hockey scorer in history. Just looking so consistently smooth. Like he, there's no one has figured out how to stop that slap shot. It's just that the puck is always placed perfect on his sticker and he's got such a great release. And the fact that these goalies can't react quick enough to it, it's that's what's kind of blow, mind blowing to me. And it's been so long too, the words like you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm sure like, if you're prepping for the Capitals, like that's probably as a goalie, that's probably one thing you're pr- practicing on is like going, like going across and then trying to block that slap shot. Not even that though. Like as a goaltender, you know, I want to be aware of who's on the ice and where they're at. If I know Ovechkin's on the right side of me in that circle, that faceoff circle, and we got a five on four, I should be expecting almost thinking ahead that. They're going to try to get the puck to him really quick, and he's going to just release one. So as a goaltender, yeah. I want to think two steps ahead, be two steps ahead. It's it's absurd. <laughs> just like I, as a Caps fan, I'm watching. I'm like, they, goalies just can't do it. They just can't really stop this guy. Uh, I just – I don't not want to be a goaltender in the NHL. It's just too, it's too difficult. And it, it just feels like yeah. it's just it's not going to last. No. Oh, we didn't even talk about the trade deadline. Like we we talked about it last week with uh, the blue the uh, Toronto. I almost called them the Blue Jays. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs um, acquiring Nick Foligno, but we didn't talk about Taylor Hall going to Boston or Anthony Mantha going to uh, my team well, in exchange for Verona. For you, so four straight games with a goal. I mean, like, at first I was like, dude, that's a lot to give up. It's, because I was a Jacob Vrana guy. Like Vrana was so skilled. Like he's crazy fast and like silky smooth with his stick handling and like scoring abilities. But Mantha's this, like he's not the speed guy, yeah, but he's six five. Okay. Now think of this. Ready? Remember when Kevin Hayes came to, on the team? I was like, yeah. oh God. You know, I was not on the Kevin Hay- Kevin uh Hayes bandwagon. Now look at him. He's probably the best player that team has. Right. So I'm uh, I'm all for it now. Right, but I I knew Anthony Mantha was good. I just felt like giving up Verona a first round pick and Ponic was a bit too much. Could seem like that. But it's working out so far. It's just to me it matters about the postseason. Yeah, that's true. And right now I the way the Caps played Boston today when Boston was like, had their guys back. I kind of don't want to play Boston in the first round. Like let the Islanders play them in the first round. Let us play the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins first. That'll be a better shot because like Taylor Hall going over to Boston just solidifies that Boston's just got a lot of depth, even with the injury problems that they're having this season. Never count them out. What do we think of like Taylor Hall career wise now? Because like this is the fourth team he's played on in two years. Like he played with the Devils and the uh, Coyotes last season, and now he's played with the Sabers, and now he's playing with the Boston Bruins. Like, 
is he just going to stay in Boston? But like, is he just going to be a movable piece now or? Uh, I think he's a good fit for Boston because Boston wants to win. So does Taylor Hall. I think Taylor Hall is an incredible player. I just think that he's been screwed around a lot, a little bit like McDavid. I can only imagine if McDavid went to another team, how he play on that team. You know, he pretty much it is the Oilers in a sense, which is good because then he gets to shine. But, you know, it really would be testing, you know, these players, are they real team guys? Yeah. I mean, you're compa- you compare Connor McDavid, but Connor McDavid's the best player. I think Taylor Hall's like a top, maybe, I don't even know if he's a top 50 player. Like, there's so many good guys in the league to where, yeah, probably top 50 guy. But, like, he just seems like he's just expendable at this point. Like, I won't be surprised if he plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs next season. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But, like, if you if he plays with um, Pasternak and Marchand, that line is scary. Well, Pasternak, damn. Hopefully, it's going to help him out. Yeah. I'm just, like, I really don't want to play Boston in the first round. That's my thing. Who do you think will win that series between Boston and the Capitals if that was a first-round thing? Boston. Ah, screw you, man. Damn it. It's true, though. It's true. (laughs) I'll be honest. I just want to be honest. Yeah. Boston will definitely win that. I'm just, like, it's not a matter of, like, I think we have the personnel skater-wise, but it's just, like, the Tuka Rass thing is the one that worries me. If he's back to, like, true form, that team's just absurd. Because like I don't trust I don't trust these rookie goaltenders for the Capitals. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, probably one last thing. Uh, going around in the sports world is that uh, we're getting a Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor rematch July tenth. This is going to be the third fight. The um, what do they call it? The the sequel after the sequel. Poirier McGregor three. I mean, the last time we saw McGregor, he got like blown to pieces by Poirier in the second round, and so maybe he's going to take it seriously this time. I think it'll be the same result. Poirier's going to win. Vegas might agree with you. I wouldn't be sp- shocked if he's the favorite. Yeah, I think Poirier's going to win. I don't think anything is going to change about McGregor and the way he trains. He, You could tell, just looking at his social media, he's so relaxed now, and he's happy with his life. He's made his money. He'll come back and he'll entertain everyone. He'll fight and he'll make his money, but I don't think he's as determined or really cares as much to win anymore. Right. Don't you miss the old Conor McGregor just getting arrested in New York City for throwing a chair at a bus? <laughs> no, nah, now we got now we got Jake Paul fighting UFC guys in a boxing ring. So I mean what's the How pathetic was that, dude? That was so pathetic. I saw, awful fight. Awful. I saw it on Twitter. I didn't even watch the fight. I think Eskren just likes getting knocked out. I think he, he's got a fetish for getting knocked out. He was totally there for the paycheck. Like, he even said it in his press conference. He was like, I don't really care. I have nothing to lose in this match. I, I just don't like Jake Paul. I'm just taking the check. <laughs> and then he gets, like, KO'd in 16 seconds. Yeah, I don't like Jake Paul, but uh, I'm going to get knocked out by him in front of everybody. Hey, he let, literally let him do that, though. If you watch it, it was like no competition at all. 
No, it wasn't at all. When is Jake Paul actually going to fight a true boxer? Like he fought Nate Robinson and uh, Ben Askren. Those guys aren't boxing guys. Oh, no. I'm, I'm pissed off about it. Ant, you should go fight him. I had a lot of money on that. I had $2 million on that. If you had $2 million, that's the last thing you would spend it on. Like you probably buy a Bass Pro Shops and then a boat on top of that and then be out on the lake for like the rest of your life. <laughs> Dude, if I won $2 million, I would literally buy a house down in North or South Carolina, buy the water, get a bass boat, dude, and just in, invest and just try to make money like that or something. Find, find a plan. Make, I would make my own business. Build my own business. It won't even uh, donate a dollar over to the Bench Bros Fund? Not even a single penny. And I'd quit this crappy podcast and leave you guys once what? and for all. God, you're such a scumbag. Don't give Ann $2 million to anyone out there. Don't give this man Boy, any I'm not, money. I'm not going to leave my own podcast. I, I would, of course, donate yes, to would. people in need. <laughs> you would leave this podcast in a heartbeat. No, I wouldn't. Oh, I've worked <laughs> hard on this podcast. If I was going to leave it, I would already told you that. Dude, how how are you gonna do the podcast if you're gonna be on the boat with no uh, cell service? I'll make it work, boy. I'll find a way. I'll record it previously, <laughs> send it to you, and then we'll be good. <laughs> Pre-record it, and like we're me and Brandon recording at a different time. Just exactly. like it just sounds so off. Like just edit it to where the conversations are so bad. The Flyers are going into a shootout with the Islanders right now, zero zero. Oh, good. The Flyers are done. That's bass. They're done, though. All right, Bench Bros of the Week. Anyone got what? Anybody? Not really. All right, well, my Bench Bro of the Week is Milan Lucic and Nick Bastrom, too. But, like, basically, Milan Lucic. Those guys got the thousand game mark. And in Milan Lucci's thousand game, the first thing he does, he drops the gloves and he fights somebody. Ended up getting a bloody year from it, too. But good. <laughs> thousand game mark, you know he's going to drop the gloves. I love boy. seeing that. <laughs> I got NASCAR. You do got NASCAR. They I still racing? It. Of course they are, boy. I does got NASCAR. All right, go ahead. Richmond Raceway, 400 laps. Alex Bowman, your number 48 car, taking the W today, followed by Danny Hamlin, followed by Joey Logano, followed by Chris Bell and Martin Jones Jr. 400 laps. Danny Hamlin placed second place after leading 207 of those laps. Would you be pissed off about that? If you led more than half the race and you lost, you came in second place, how would you feel? That's shit. Exactly. So <laughs> tell me how you really feel. It's trash, and that's just the way she goes, boys. And that was the race. And then next week, we will be heading to West, your favorite, Talladega. That's my race. favorite? April 25th, Talladega. 
How's that my favorite? Because just where she goes, bud. I feel like you say that's my favorite track every single week, and I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever, sure. <laughs> it is, Wes. You just don't know it, yet. <laughs> yeah, you just you just don't know yet. <laughs> Your favorite guy is Truex, right? Because Jersey. Is. Yeah, Truex. All right. Do you feel? Here's something I thought of like during the week too. Like, um, this is like an all sports kind of thing. Do you feel like with this new jet? new generation of like way sports media is kind of portrayed and the way sports games are promoted and stuff that we're kind of like towards the end of like people having favorite teams. And it's just like people just rooting for players at this point. What do you like, mean? I've, like, like, you know how in the NBA you got your like LeBron fans and like your uh, KD fans, like people just root for players. They don't root for yeah. like teams. I, I'm like, like that. I'm definitely like that, hundred percent. I'll admit it, hundred percent. Like, especially in baseball too, because like people will just root for like Shohei Ohtani or like um, Ronald Acuna or Mm -hmm. Tatis. Well, I think it's very much like that now because players are going above and beyond. You know, doing what they have to do to become the best player possible for their team. So it's a it can look selfish, but at the same time, it's unselfish because they want to do the best. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm definitely more of an individual guy, especially being a coach for that type of setting. Um, like, I mean, Oregon was team setting, but I understand, like, the way it works. And, uh, you know, these players like Tom Brady and Bryce Harper and Sidney Crosby and like David and LeBron James and, you know, all these top athletes, they don't just become – top athletes because they're just doing they're going through the factory they're doing more than enough you know to get them to where they are so therefore i'm a fan of that because it's you know it's motivating inspiring to see players like that who are so uh you know so on top of themselves and you know put a premium on uh training and health and and mindset and all that like I, I also feel like we don't get like rivalry games anymore. Like remember when the Red Sox and Yankees play, you oh, would always man. expect someone get beat. Always, always, always. And it's like even with like the sports. Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah, like there was always like going to be a fight. Yeah, it's sadly it's that's why I, like over the years kind of pulled away from sports a little bit because it's really not as as exciting as it once was. Right, but that goes to show that like it's becoming more of an individual like rooting sport than like a team rooting sport. Like you're not gonna have your, I feel like this generation you're not gonna have your like diehard Yankees or like Mets fans like our parents, people's uh parents like, you know like your dads, your grandfathers or whatever who would literally just watch the team play and not care about who's on the team. But it's because they all did the same thing. Now a lot of players right. are, are going to their own. Yeah, they're going to their own trainers. They're doing their own thing. Like a lot of players do that. They're making these. Yeah, they're like promoting themselves. Like, yeah. Brand, what do you think about them. it? I was Sorry to cut you thing. off, Amp, but go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say one more thing. I don't blame them because now that's becoming so competitive. And so if you don't perform, you're getting fired and traded. That, you know, how could you blame the guys? You know, I would. I would want to do the best I possibly can so that I don't I don't you know have to worry about you know getting uh 
getting fired or traded or whatever it is. Yeah. And there's that's another point too is like there's so much player movement. Yeah, it's pressure. It's not, it wasn't like that back then. It's like, oh, you're a quarterback, or oh, you're going to be a quarterback for like the next 15 years. Yeah, now so you're only a guys, quarterback for like two seasons. <laughs> yeah, we see guys like getting traded every year, and, and they're like top players. DeAndre Hopkins to get you know traded to to the uh, to the Cardinals. You know that was 1970 or whatever. There's no way. <laughs> 1970. It's a business. Like now. seriously though. It is very much is. It's more of a business now than anything. They don't care. Like, I mean, you've seen in every sport, all the top players get traded. It's very rare guys end their careers with the team they started with. There's no loyalty in the sports anymore. It's wherever the money is. But I'm saying Sad. the loyalty in fans is starting to go away too a little bit, especially in like sports like baseball and basketball. Basketball especially because like you'll just see guys just root for – like Luca, for example, who by the way had an amazing like buzzer beard the other night, where he just like kind of like fell and made a three point shot. But like, especially NBA, there's not really a, like a hardcore fan base. More often know, with, than like, not, all I these talk teams. To, yeah, more often than not, I talk to people that follow multiple teams and are fans of multiple teams and players rather than just one single team, and that's with all all sports. I, I mean. It's hard, like, I mean, it's true. It's hard to find a, a loyal fan for one team. A lot of people have multiple teams because of certain players on the team. Right. Like, I'm by heart a Broncos fan, and I always wish the Chiefs would go 0-16 and, and the Raiders go 0-16 and, and the Chargers go 0-16. Like, I always root for that. But that's, like, never going to happen. But, like, I'll respect, like, really good players, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is an absolute sensational quarterback. But like at the same time, it was glad to see him be terrible in the Super Bowl. Like I just loved seeing them having the terrible game. But like at the same time, I appreciate how good he is. But who like I respect say? his game. But like a lot of people are not like that anymore. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, I like Patrick Mahomes. I don't really care for the Chiefs. I'm just gonna root for Patrick Mahomes. But who else said it too? Marketing, right? Now, now we market players. Patrick Mahomes marketing, is on, yeah, is brands. On Madden twenty twenty one or whatever. There was no Madden seventy seventy nine. You know where they had certain players on there. It was like the first was five fun. games of Madden was just John Madden on the cover. Madden seventy nine. <laughs> exactly. Well, it they're they're like everything is being individualized. You know, which is good and bad. But when it comes down to a team sport, it's it's not really the best thing to do that. But once yeah. again, like Brandon said, it was all about the money. I feel like you have to be in a big market to be like a loyal sports fan. Because like most of the time, if you're in like a big market like Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles, or like New York, like more often than not, most of those guys are going to be like they root for all four of those teams like. Uh, yeah. like say Philly, like they'll root for the Philly, Flyers, for sure. Phillies, Eagles, mm -hmm. and 76ers. But like, if you get like your small market teams or like move around, like I did, I'm rooting for the Broncos, Capitals, and the Yankees and the Knicks. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you'll just have guys who are just like, I like sports, but I like rooting for players and not the team. And I feel like that third guy, we're seeing more and more of those fans come up. I think in hockey is, is probably honestly the one sport in which teams people really root for the team 
And yeah, college that's football. hockey and college football. I really think is all about the team. Uh, college football. It's, it's kind of weird because then it's like, Oh, I went to school here. I'm going to root for them too. Well, yeah, but the re- rooting for yeah. the team, we're going back rooting for the player of the team. I think hockey and college football is very much for the team. Cause yeah. you really, you really realize how important it is to have a full playing team in hockey. It's not just a NFL's NFL's like a team thing too, because you just have so many loyal fans. Yeah. Do, but then you have your fantasy football guys that just root for players. <laughs> Wait, why is Tom Wil- Tom Wilson was not wearing number forty three, right? Oh, he is always a forty three. I thought he changed his number. No, nineteen's Nicky Backstrom, do. Yeah, but he was wearing a different number. I saw. Was there somebody who retired? No, what was? Ver- Rana's or whatever. What was his number? Who? Jacob Rana. Oh, Rana 13. Maybe he was wearing that just in support. I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. either. Was that just today? Because I didn't see that yesterday. It was yesterday like he was wearing 43. A couple days ago, he was wearing a different number. I'll check. Almost positive. I, I'm, I'm 100% he's still 43. That's Tom Wilson's brand, dude. That's the most hated player in hockey. <laughs> yeah. I love Tom But he's Wilson, a great player. He's, he's dirty. I love Tommy. Everyone deserves a Tommy Wilson. All right, boys. That is it for this week's show. We thank you for joining us. If you have any comments about who, you, if you're a fan of just rooting for players or if you're a team fan, let us know. Um, what would you do with $2 million? Would you be like Ant and just fish all the time? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe I'll, uh, I'll just go, I'll just buy all the Dogecoin that I can get and then, like, make a bunch of money off of it, you know? Buy a bass boat. <laughs> buy a yacht boat that turns into a bass boat. That that'd, be a, that'd be incredible. But uh, anyway, go over to our Facebook and Twitter pages at Bench Bros Sports, our Instagram, Original Bench Bros and our website, benchbrosports.com, where we keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages, along with updating you of when our podcasts are going to go up. Uh, we might have a draft preview um, sometime within the next week. Uh, that will be up. We'll alert you guys and uh, keep that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow our podcast. Make sure you're up to date on all of our episodes. We have a fun time on here entertaining you guys with Big Mouth Billy Bass. So that is all the time we have for today, boys. Anything else? That's all she wrote, boys. That's all she wrote. Just the way that she goes, but The way that she goes, brother. How's Florida doing? I know they're like 100% open, but like I feel like it's awesome being down there still. It's nice. You uh, really not much. Rain bullshit. season's around the corner, isn't it? It's raining right now. Yep. Ah, oh, no. Yep. It's Is it hot much... there though? At least. Oh yeah, dude. It once it rains, it's like eighty degrees and one hundred and twenty percent humidity. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I'd much rather be down there than here. Well, there's shit here right now though. It was friggin' fifty-one in rain yesterday. Up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, like depressing. Okay. Gotta get out of there. New York is New York City is such a summer city, though. Like last June, it was literally sunny probably the entire month, and like 
when it when it's nice out, there's so much to do within the city. Yeah, go pick up the trash in the road. <laughs> the well, f- dude, we're not partying on freaking ninety five or like in the Lincoln Tunnel or whatever, dude. Like the city's Gotta go nice. outside, step in like cat piss right outside his front store, step apartment. <laughs> dude, we're not in Flex driveway, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Flex know a not, lot of cats in driveway. Dude, yeah, if Flex saw if Flex saw a cast taking the dump or whatever, that cat is probably getting electrocuted with like the <laughs> amount of voltage that he can find possible. <laughs> we're animal friendly people. <laughs> we just point point in woods, get out. Flex would just stare at it and the cat would literally like just run like hell all the way into the woods. Cat would just leave. Cat would just have respect. He'd be like, all right, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Cat would come to Bill's here. fence and do it the right way. <laughs> yeah. Now, does was... Flex fish? Oh, I used to. Not anymore. Not anymore? You got to get your, you got to get the old man back on the boat. Nah, dude, God doesn't do nothing. He does, he does nothing. Like nothing. I mean that's fishing to a to a T though. No, 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 no. <laughs> fishing you do something in. But like it consists of like you and the pole. That's as close to nothing as you can get. Dude, when I say nothing, I mean lay on chair, stare at wall. Stare at wall. Not even turn the TV on. He'll just turn away yeah. from the TV. Turn turn the chair the opposite way. He probably just like looks at himself in the mirror for like three hours. He's just like, yeah, I'm flex. All right, uh, that's the show. That was Brandon. That's Ant. I'm Wes. We'll see you next week on the Bench Bros uh, Sports Podcast. That's the show. We're out of here.